If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Romans chapter 14. I'm going to begin with verse 23. Romans 14, verse 23 reads, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Incredible words, words that cut to the heart, words that cut to the chase. Are we surprised when we hear these words? Do we not remember Hebrews 11.6 that reads, Without faith it is impossible to please Him? Verse 23, in the voice Bible reads, any action not consistent with faith is sin. Again, the King James Version, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Verses 22 to 23, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. The Passion Translation, keep the convictions you have about these matters between yourself and God. And don't impose them upon others. You'll be happy when you don't judge yourself in doing what your conscience approves. But the one who has misgivings feels miserable if he eats because he doubts and doesn't eat in faith. For anything we do that doesn't spring from faith is, by definition, sin. Now, this life we live, this life is to be marked by faith. This life we have been granted is to be fueled by faith. This life we have been gifted is to be, by definition, faith. We eat in faith, we breathe in faith, we sleep in faith, and we wake in faith. We work in faith, and we play in faith. We walk in faith, and we run in faith. We believe in faith and we receive in faith. If this could be summed up, wrapped up in one word, that word is faith. Romans 14, verses 22 and 23 in the Amplified Bible. Your personal convictions on such matters, exercise them as in God's presence, keeping them to yourself, Striving only to know the truth and obey his will. Blessed, happy to be envied is he who has no reason to judge himself for what he approves. Who does not convict himself by what he chooses to do. But the man who has doubts, misgivings, an uneasy conscience about eating, 
and then eats perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God because he is not true to his convictions, and he does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. Whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sin. So let's break this down. We read these words. Your personal convictions on such matters, exercise them as in God's presence. You see, this is when personal convictions are justified. This is when personal convictions are judged. This is when personal convictions are accepted or rejected. This is when personal convictions are healed. This is when personal convictions are traded for godly convictions. When? When we exercise them as in God's presence. It's when we are striving only to know the truth and to obey His will. Being true to the right convictions is a matter of life and death. Being true to the right convictions is a matter of life and death. It not only affects us, but it affects those around us. It affects those we befriend and our loved ones and so on. Personal conviction can make or break us. Personal convictions will make or break us. They can mess with the call of God on our lives. They can mess with the separation of God upon our life, that which sets us apart. Personal convictions are a matter of life and death. It's a lot more serious than we might think. If we want to know if our personal convictions are sanctioned by heaven, all we have to do is exercise them as in God's presence. Whatever your personal conviction is tonight, let's not get together and talk about our personal convictions. Your personal convictions on any matter that has to do with the faith, that has to do with Christianity, you want to find out real quick if it's right or if it's wrong, if it's accepted or it's rejected, exercise it in God's presence. You'll find out real quick. We'll find out real quick whether it's acceptable or not. The truth is, it's all being exercised in his presence anyhow. We're all being graded right now. Nothing is hid from the eyes of the Lord. And so our convictions are being marked by the master and the grade is being given out. Whether we decide to have that mindset, that heart, where we bring them into his presence and exercise them in his presence, exercise them knowing that his presence is always, always there, that he's always there, that he's always watching. Whether or not that is our reality, he's always grading our convictions. Verse 23, the Amplified, but the man who has doubts, misgivings, and uneasy conscience about eating, one example, and then eats perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God because he is not true to his convictions. And he does not act from faith. The J.B. Phillips New Testament reads, Your personal convictions are a matter of faith between yourself and God. 
and you are happy if you have no qualms about what you allow yourself to eat. Yet if a man eats meat with an uneasy conscience about it, you may be sure he is wrong to do so. For his action does not spring from his faith, and when we act apart from our faith, we sin. Any qualms, any feelings of unease, any doubts or uncertainties or reservations or fears about what we are allowing ourselves to eat? And this here speaks beyond the food items on the restaurant menu. Let's be true to our convictions. And our personal convictions, let's exercise them in God's presence. As in God's presence so that we can find out whether or not they are accepted by heaven. Whether or not they are accepted or rejected. And if they are rejected, we be wise to trade our personal convictions for the convictions of our Lord. You see, Jesus came and he didn't live with his own personal convictions. He came and he lived with the Father's convictions. There were times when the enemy came to try and get him to adopt personal convictions. He wouldn't have it. He stuck to the Father's convictions. You know what the truth is? The truth is that if we live with a lie long enough, we swear it's truth. You ever found that out to be true in your life? You've lived with the story for so long that you swear it's true. You tell it like it's true. If we live with a lie long enough, we would swear it's truth, and this is how it can be with our personal convictions. Just because we've lived with them and have seemed to have made it so far, it doesn't mean that they are right. Just because our world isn't falling apart doesn't mean it's right in the sight of God. We think, well, if these personal convictions weren't right, then God would deal with me. My world would fall apart. Things wouldn't be working out. I wouldn't get that job. I wouldn't get that promotion. Well, the world gets jobs. The world gets promotions. No, what we do is we take our personal convictions and we exercise them as in God's presence and we find out if they are right or if they are wrong. We don't take a look at our life. Okay, my bank account's fault, and so my personal convictions are right. I'm not going to church, but my relationships seem okay. I guess my personal convictions on church are right. I'm not tithing, but it seems like I still have enough. I guess my personal convictions on tithing are right. No, we take our personal convictions and we exercise them as in his presence. And he reveals to us whether they are right or are not right. We take his word, the presence of his word, and we allow his word to wash over our personal convictions, ridding us of the ones that are not right. Listen to Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. We know this text. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. The message investigate my life. 
Oh, God, find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Now, we know that we cannot flee from his presence, but people try. They don't exercise their personal convictions in his presence, at least not some, because they are scared of the grade they would receive. Because of how it might impact their relationships, or their associations, or their entertainments, or their music collection, or their schedule, and so on. And so they don't exercise those certain personal convictions as in his presence, because they're scared of the grade, although the grade has already been handed out. God loves when we come and cry out, search me. And when he points out that something is wicked or something is wrong or a personal conviction is amiss, he doesn't leave us there, but he leads us on. He leads us on in the way everlasting. He guides us on the road to eternal life. My personal conviction on church is sin if it is not of faith. My personal conviction on tithing is sin if it is not of faith. My personal conviction on anything, on worship, on the expressions of worship, whatever it is, my personal conviction on anything when it comes to Christianity is sin if it's not of faith. If it hasn't been tried in the presence of God and graded as being acceptable. Galatians 2.20, we know it well. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Wow, can we state those words? But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we're being real honest tonight, the Christian, as a Christian, I have no right to my personal convictions. What I do have a right to is the Lord's convictions. These convictions become me. They become to me personal. That's what this is all about. The sinner has a lot of personal convictions. Those that are outside of Christ... They have a lot of personal convictions. But when they come to the altar and give over their life to Jesus, they lay down their personal convictions and they take up His. We could ask ourselves the question are we living the crucified life? as we've just read. In the Passion Translation, it reads, the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. Isn't that beautiful? We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. I wonder tonight, would the personal convictions I have be the personal convictions of Jesus? The personal convictions you have, 
Would the personal convictions you have be the personal convictions of Jesus? You see, he walked this earth. He lived in flesh. What did his personal convictions look like? What kind of personal convictions was he governed by? And we know that he cried out, not my will, but your will be done. And really that was the cry of his life. He's saying to the Father, not my personal convictions, but your convictions, Father. These will become personal to me. Are we living the crucified life? Would Jesus live with such personal convictions? Would he exercise such personal convictions? Are we living the crucified life? The essence of this new life no longer ours. Jesus living his life through us, living life in union with him. Our life empowered by the Son of God, his life dispensed into ours. You see, this right here is normal Christianity. This is not abnormal Christianity. It's not radical Christianity, some kind of out there Christianity. This is just Christianity, period. It's just normal. That this life we live, it's no longer ours. And that Jesus is living his life through us. He's actually living his convictions through us. He's actually living the Father's convictions through us. And that's our only hope. Because when we turn to our personal convictions, we mess things up. And whether we get messed up or not, we receive a grade we would not like to receive if we knew what the end would bring our way. And so we take these convictions of ours, whatever they are tonight, and we're not going to argue. I'm not forcing convictions on you. You're not forcing them on me. We're not forcing them on anybody beside us, in front of us, behind us. But we're taking our personal convictions and we're exercising them as in the presence of God. Allowing Him to set things right. Our text in the NLT, it reads, You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning. If you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are, you are sinning. You see, if we seek the truth and desire that he changes us, that he have his perfect way in us, we will take our personal convictions and exercise them as in his presence, and very soon we will find out which ones are right and which ones are not right. Very soon things will be made right. We say, I feel fine doing this, acting like this, living like this, eating this. Leonard Ravenhill said these words, there's one thing we need above everything else. It's something we don't talk about these days. We need a mighty avalanche of conviction of sin. We live in a culture that's good for you. <laughs> And that's good for you. 
and personal convictions. We just allow them. Could we all be encouraged? We're not running to our brother and sister trying to change their personal convictions according to ours, but we're calling every one to exercise their personal convictions as in the presence of God because they will be made right. None of us are exempt from this. All of us need to take our convictions into his presence and ask him to show us. You know, the world has changed the terminology concerning so many things. And sadly, many have bought into it, even those who claim Christ. The Bible says, blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they've decided is right. The Bible says, if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, or you could say partake of something, or be involved in something, whatever it is, if you do it, you are sinning if you go ahead. So if we do anything we believe is not right, we are sinning. We cry out, Lord, searches, and Lord, changes, and Lord, lead us. We want everything to be of faith. Would you agree with that tonight? Concerning your own life, everything to be of faith. We're going to read the text again. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. <laughs> but he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Can we be encouraged tonight? Let's not condemn ourselves in what we approve. Let's not eat when we doubt. Let's not partake of that which we know is not holy and right, of that which is perhaps questionable. Let's not continue with personal convictions that Christ wouldn't live with, that Christ in us would weep over. You have Christ living in you. He wants to live through you. Let everything be of faith. Not one of us has to live in the dark. Each one of us can find out if our personal convictions are right or if they are wrong. Romans 14, 22 in the Amplified, your personal convictions on such matters, exercise them as in God's presence. The message as we've read, you're fortunate if your behavior and your belief are coherent. Isn't that beautiful? You're fortunate if your behavior and your belief are coherent. Is our behavior and our belief, are they coherent? Again, if your world's not falling apart, it doesn't mean the conviction that you've adopted is right or that the Lord approves. A message like this could save us from our own folly. Simple message. 
It could save us from the rogue spirit of personal convictions that aims to condemn us all. That's the truth. Let's have the worship team return tonight. I love how the voice reads. It says, a happy man does not judge himself by the lifestyle he endorses. We may have some personal convictions we need to surrender to his presence. You know when you get truly free is when you take them all and you let his presence judge them. And then you find out what real freedom is like. You find out what real life is like. You come out of the dark. You're not hanging on to things because you're scared of how it might affect other things in your life. That's not a life fully surrendered to Christ. Our personal conviction on morality, personal conviction on sex before marriage, personal conviction on whatever it might be. I I mean, we could make a huge list right now. Go exercise it in his presence. Go let his word wash over all your personal convictions. You'll find out right away which ones are right and which ones are wrong. Can we be encouraged tonight that we have Jesus Christ living in us and that he wants to live through us? That is the greatest miracle, the greatest gift. There is no greater life. He wants to live his convictions through us. He wants to live the Father's convictions through us. He wants to live heaven's convictions through us. The Holy Spirit is alive in us to live the right convictions through us. It's the only hope we have, and it's the only hope this world has. Let the Master grade them tonight. Let us choose the lifestyle he endorses the lifestyle fitting for those that bear his name. Let us choose the right manner of life, the right opinions, the right convictions. Amen? Let's stand tonight. The team can lead. Let's just sing this simple course out. We'll close in prayer. In just a moment, would you even right now in his presence exercise your personal convictions? Would you take them and maybe you just need to list a few off in his presence and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Or cry out and say, search me, O God, investigate my life, cross-examine me, get a clear picture of what I'm all about. And Lord, please correct me and I repent if there are any that are amiss and then lead me in the way everlasting. He's not going to leave you there. He's not going to condemn you and leave you there. He wants to lead you. He wants to lead you out into a bright future. He wants to lead you away from some personal convictions that are harming you, that are going to hold you back, that are going to rob you from the call of God upon your life, that are going to kill your destiny before you ever realize it. They're going to rip the future from you. What are they, Lord? You know, I couldn't help but think of the Nazarite vow upon a person's life, a personal conviction. This is something that really separated the individual. And 
we don't go force those kind of personal convictions on other people, but I feel that there are some here tonight, God has called you to a specific separation, and it's not okay for us just to adopt the lifestyle in that respect that everybody else has, even if it is sanctioned by heaven. God's saying, listen, there's something different about you. This is what sets you apart. This is what makes you special. This is what puts you on the map. This is what it's going to take to fulfill the call of God on your life. This is what it's going to take to fulfill the destiny I have in store for you. And so don't look to the right or to the left, but fall into his presence right now. Fall into his presence right now.